This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For all, NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Golden Spaces Pod. It's our very first episode. Uh, with this new show, but you're already familiar with me. It's Nat and Justin. And just a reminder to everyone, there's no longer an all-Nat podcast. So this is the new podcast, Golden Spaces, and I'm Nat Fluential, joined with Justin. Happy to be here, Justin. Yeah, I am here. I our um, first thoughts ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the definitely... first push <laughs> an interesting an interesting night so far um but we're gonna get into it let's let's talk about it all right want to just quickly tell them anything about golden spaces uh in terms of what we're going to be bringing to them hopefully you all checked out the trailer by now but you should subscribe um follow us on golden spaces or at golden spaces pod rather on instagram and twitter uh, we're going to be bringing, you know, breakdowns of the game, reacting. Uh, we have a mailbag. What else am I missing, Justin? Um, we're going to have guests, you know, every now and again, we're going to have some guests on here, special guests. Um, yeah, just talking about the, the state of the dubs. Obviously, this is going to be a very um, popular topic right now because I think the season is going completely unexpected to everyone, even people who are fans and not fans of the team. No one has expected them to be looking like this. So we have a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. So. For sure. And for anyone who like tapped into us before um, live on Twitter doing Golden Spaces, we'll continue to be doing those. But now we will um, actually add them as part of the podcast. So if you aren't on Twitter or you miss you'll be able to still tap into the combo um, via the pod. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, Warriors just lost to the Phoenix Suns. Um, would you describe this game? Because it's like, it's a, it's a blowout, technically. Mm-hmm. It was competitive, I guess you could say arguably, throughout the first half, although they were just always behind they get close, get within distance, um, but can never really catch them or take the lead. Um, and then the third quarter, you kind of saw the writing on the wall that it was probably going to ultimately be a blowout. But um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't know. This team was missing. Do, like, do you think the? I don't think the Warriors took it lightly. But I mean, do you think they took it lightly with like Chris Paul being out and Cam Johnson, or do you think? I mean, if, to me, there was a sense of urgency with Steph, right? Like he clearly tried to like take everything on. They want to win a game on the road. Um, they want to like mm-hmm. get back on like winning consistently. So I would like to believe the whole team took it seriously, but. I don't know. It didn't really feel like that many people showed up to help. What did you see? Yeah, um, it didn't look like they took it that serious. And if they and if they did, it was just a terrible effort. Um, it looked like from start to finish, the only people that really wanted to play were Steph, Kavon, and Anthony Lamb. Like they were the only people that were going out there playing hard. Steph, obviously, fifty points. Um, you know, going for rebounds, playing hard on defense. And it just seemed like literally everyone else, I mean, Wiggins got in foul trouble early and he and he started to chip in in the second half as far as scoring. Um, but he got taken out of his rhythm early with two early fouls. But other than that, just the effort wasn't there. The attention to detail wasn't there. No box outs, Aiden dominated again. Um, I mean, offensive rebounds, kickouts. 59 and six for Steph. 59 and six and they lose by 11. I mean, this and they were never really within, I mean, after the first five or so minutes, I think the Suns might've went on a quick run to go up. I want to say like nine or 10 or something like that. And then it just stayed at that number, essentially going to 15 at some point, 17 at certain points, but it never got really within seven or eight points. So it was pretty much a wire to wire blowout, essentially. And the Warriors just never matched the Suns' energy from the jump. And it almost seemed like they were comfortable just trying to let Steph win the game, you know? I mean. Yeah. There were a few possessions with Steph's dribbling the ball down the court in transition and like nobody's running with him. And they're just like, go score for us, Steph. And it's like, I don't. <laughs> That that was glaring on the on the screen to me as well as the the offensive rebounding, but that in particular just stood out to me. I just don't know who this team is. I don't recognize them like in any capacity, and mm-hmm. like I, th- that's why. I mean, you and I have had a lot of offline conversations about this, and we we disagree on some things. But this is why I'm like, I, like I can't just talk this chalk this up to like youth or the bench because I mean what is this defense like what the what the fuck is this defense (laughs) you know and it's like like I get like because I feel like it's everyone you know like I mean I look to like like Draymond Green to lead the defense out there and Mm -hmm. I just I don't like I mean I know he's having to cover a lot you know for like, you know, Clay, for example. Um, but like tonight, and granted, this is not defense, it's offense, but like it was like I was it the third quarter when he finally took a shot, but he just didn't even seem to bring the level of intensity that he normally brings to a game. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not really sure why that was, but I do think uh, overall, this was like his worst game of the season to date. He's been okay. I mean, he's been pretty good leading up to this game. And then it just seemed like he just didn't have it. Um, 
And over the course of an 82 game season, sure, that's going to happen. But when you're 0 for 7 on the road or whatever they are, they haven't won a road game and they're trying to build some momentum and get a win streak going and get back into playoff standing. Um, it just seems like it was just a, a major letdown. Uh, and I think the two early fouls to Wiggins that got him out the game uh, definitely impacted the defense because he is essentially our only reliable point of attack defender at this point. Dante's kind of stepping into his own and, and you know, and, and doing some things there coming off the bench. But other than that, we really were really lacking in that department. So that took a major hit uh, to the defense. I'm really at a loss, Justin, you know, like yeah, it's, <laughs> I believe if a team and a leader can write this ship, that it is stuff. I do, but it has to begin soon, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I guess in theory, if they get rolling, if they really get rolling, probably no one's going to want to see the warriors in the early round. If they're looking like the warriors, but I mean, you'd be trying to defy a lot of NBA odds, you know, to like win, like on the road, no home court advantage, nothing. I mean, that's just a lot. <laughs> um, mm. And I just, I, I don't recognize this team. I don't understand what's going on. I mean, there's so many different things that I can point to, but I know we're going to get into it a little bit later, but, you know, what to me i think the most the biggest issue right now is the defense to me like when i when i rank things in order i have the defense as like mm -hmm. the biggest issue so let me tell you my order and then you tell me yours so it's the it's the defense and then for me it's the inconsistency from clay and jp like i combined those two together um mm -hmm. and then third for me it's like the bench um and maybe some people think it's the bench a second but like that's the order that i put things in in terms of where they are right now yeah um i would I, at this point i would definitely agree i think overall it just seems like clay and jp's thought process when they're playing essentially in the same game is is both off right we saw the other night clay didn't play jp got the start and he just looked like the jp at the end of last season that we saw him being able to score a lot of points and in, in a myriad of ways and just he looked like he was playing free um and then clay comes back into the lineup and for some reason jp doesn't want to shoot you know it just doesn't make a lot of sense and then obviously Clay's trying to get his rhythm back and he's trying to get uh he's trying to get everything back kind of like in a spectacular fashion almost like he's just like i'm just gonna shoot these shots they're gonna go in and i'm gonna feel like myself again and it's like take better shots don't look your teammates off play within the flow of the offense and things are going to come back to you the way that they should be um but he's just pressing it and it's been the same story essentially since he came back last season um where he goes through these stretches where he's just pressing it and pressing it and pressing it um, and we and we see we've seen him have good stretches since he's returned from injury, and it's usually when he decides to just let the game come to him, play within the offense, and not force anything. But um, I think at this point in his life, he's really, for some reason, gotten a lot more 
I don't want to use the word uh, sensitive, but it's kind of like he's he's taken in the outside noise a lot more, it seems, than than he ever has. And it's affecting him on the court as well. And it's really uh, like unfortunate to see. Um, but you can you can only hope that he he gets out of that mental funk because it's clearly a mental thing with him right now. I mean, it's physical as well with the injuries that he's had, but it's clearly a mental thing as far as his approach to the game. Yeah, I think in the next segment we need to like dig into the players a little bit and and what we're seeing and the issues. But when you watch this game tonight, was there anything else that stood out to you or that you found odd or just just anything? For sure. Um they need some help on the bench. They they definitely need some help on the bench. I do think the main core guys obviously have to play better. Draymond did not have a good game. Clay did not have a good game. Jordan didn't have a good game. Wiggins didn't have a good first half because of the foul trouble. Um Dante was okay. But outside of that, obviously Joku is missing because with his uh, with his illness. But they need they need someone to come in and revitalize the team. Um, I think they can get an energy boost from someone. I'm not sure who that person is, um, but they need to make a change. I do I do think they do. Um, so far, Jamichael has been a miss. You know, um, a terrible game. Hasn't really had a good game this season. Um, Dante has been okay, but I think a lot of people have been expecting him to be like a Gary replacement. He's not that he's a completely different player and he's fine. And what he's been able to do so far, but he's not a game changing player like Gary was. Um, and essentially if you compare this team this year to last year's team, right. Last year's team had a good six or seven reliable players on the bench that they knew at the very least their floor was high, right? You know they weren't going to come in there and mess up the game or lose the game for you. And they had a few players on that bench, Gary, Otto, whatever the case may be, that were ceiling raisers, super dynamic players that can change a game. They don't have any of those players right now. It doesn't seem, right? And they're essentially playing Russian roulette or they're like they're gambling and hoping that some players can step up and be and fill that role but we don't even have players that can fill the baseline role that come in and be like, yo, don't mess up, you know? Um, Moody didn't play tonight, did he? He played in the second half once the game was pretty much out of hand, and I'm just confused. Like, (laughs) Clay's looking terrible. JP's looking terrible. Why not play Moody for a little bit to see if he can come in and bring you some energy, anything? Like, so that's just confusing to me as well, but yeah, overall, I just think they need some state, some stability on the bench. And I don't know where they're going to get it from right now. You know, so. I mean, just did not have the season going like this. Um, and I, I don't know what the cause of it is. Some people are like, I mean, we can point out what the issues are. And we'll talk about that some more. But it's just like. What makes a team that used to know how to defend? Because it's not like some of the players that they lost. I mean, yes, GP2 was huge. 
and Otto was a solid defender too, but it's not like, you know, some of those other people that they lost were like these great defensive stoppers, right? So it's just like, you know, enough of this, like the defense just shouldn't look like this. Like, I, like, I just don't understand from a team mm-hmm. that is known to be a defensive team. I just don't understand how the whole thing has like collapsed and fall, fall, fall apart. It looks worse than when, Draymond was out and got hurt last season you know at first they were still kind of playing okay and then like but to me this looks worse than that so um yeah. you know, I know a lot of people like looked at this tie back to the to the Dre and and Wiggins I mean Dre and Poole incident I don't know but um I'm I I'm really baffled by like what I'm seeing so yeah yeah uh, I mean, I really think it's been like a kind of ripple effect from the start of the season. Um, and it's kind of bled over to this point. You know, early on, we saw the starters had a really good defense and then the bench would come in and it wouldn't be a good defense at all. And I think that that identity of the bench of being as being a terrible defensive unit has kind of overtaken the team a little bit. Um you know, up until this point, this game, the starters' defense was horrible, right? Draymond didn't have the energy that he needed. Like I said, Wiggins got in foul trouble early. Quay somehow looked worse defensively than he's looked for the majority of this season as well. And the entire team from the jump, terrible defense. Um, but like, like I said before, leading up to this point, the starters have been decent defensively. I know – some of those lineups are in the low 100s defensive rating, right? Bench comes in, whatever the case may be. We don't have any good defenders really on the bench, especially in the front court, right? Anthony Lamb comes in and he tries. I want to say Anthony Lamb's, like, lineups with Lamb and are in the low 100s in defensive rating as well because he he knows the Warriors' defensive concepts and stuff like that. Dante's but Jermichael's okay been Dante's terrible. Who? I feel like Dante's looked okay out there on defense. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about front court players. Yeah, Dante's oh, looked fine, okay. but they call they they set a screen and it gets a front court player involved and it it goes to shit every time. Like guys can't rebound, they can't stay in front of people, they don't play with energy. I tweeted earlier. I haven't seen Jermichael Green grab a rebound in traffic all season. Like the only rebounds he's grabbed are the ones that just come straight to him. He like guys like are just grabbing it over him is just, I think, a complete lack of effort and focus and IQ that we just don't have this year. I was defending Jermichael Green. I said, like, he was looking so bad and rough because he was sharing the court with Wiseman, but nope, you get no more passes. Like, you're just not good. You're not performing. (laughs) So, all right. Well, listen. (laughs) We have so much more to discuss. You're listening to Golden Spaces. Um, Stay tuned for the next segment as we take a deeper dive on the individual players and and what ails each of them (laughs) on the Warriors. Stay tuned, guys.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. And we're back, y'all. Uh, if you're waking up this morning listening to this, I don't know if you're feeling better. Because <laughs> right now we're recording this right after the game. And I got to tell you, y'all know I'm super positive. But I'm just like, I, I, I don't know how I feel right now, Justin. Like, I'm looking at their next set of games. Right? I'm looking at the next set of games. I look at the next five games. And I'm not sure. Like, I'm like... I can't even look at the Rockets and say they're going to win that game. You know, and all the other teams are, it's Utah. The Knicks are going to be a difficult team to beat. They're not going to be easy. It's the Clippers. (laughs) It's, um, did I say, I said Utah already. I mean, I, I was like, maybe two wins. I mean, of the next five games, there's three games at home. So they have New York, Houston. They're probably going to win those. There's a back-to-back, though. So, like, I feel like you need to play everyone in Houston because that's probably the best game you have a chance of winning on the road. But then they have the Pelicans the next night. Yeah. But if play doesn't play, I don't know, because, you know, pool goes off. And these games <laughs> when play doesn't start. So let's talk about that. And then they have the Clippers and they have the Utah Jazz. Look, New York Clippers and Utah Jazz are home games. But Justin, like, are they going to be three and two? Can they win four out of those five games? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. You like to think that they're going to protect home court because that's essentially where all well that's, that is where all their wins have come from this year um, I think they've only lost once at home but that whole back-to-back dynamic does change some things I initially thought hey they're going to go into Phoenix you know they're going to beat them whatever because all those guys are hurt and then they'll be able to play the young guys more so against Houston and then play the full team against New Orleans on the second night of the back-to-back, but you can't you can't do that now. You can't pencil in wins or losses. You know, I mean, you got to play every game at this point because you've lost your margin for error 
essentially for the rest of the season, right? Yeah. Um, so and the thing is, right now, no one is really creating that separation. So they have a chance to get back in it. But that's what I'm saying. It has to happen now. It has to happen now. Right. All right. So Steph is playing out of this world. He's playing like, is he playing as good as his 2016 season? I think so. I mean, you factor in the things that he's doing on both ends of the court, um, getting everybody involved, scoring the ball. You can't say you can't say he's playing worse. Like it, just, it might look a little bit different, right? He's he's stronger now. He's not as quick, um, and and teams are a little bit more quote unquote equipped to to guard a player of his play style. But his counters at this point are just so crazy. You know, his finishing at the rim has been unreal. Um, so uh, you can you can make the case easily that this is the best he's ever been, which is crazy to think about. But there's really no argument against it. Not when he shoots, it's like they're all just going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you know he's really in a zone where you just like finishing surprise when he missed three. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that these performances are essentially being wasted, wasted in a sense. Um, and these are the type of performances where you really don't need world-beating performances from anyone else. You just need to not be bad. <laughs> essentially, you just need to like be average and you're going to win these games. That's why, that's why it's so amazing. You know, like 40 points and 50-point games Sometimes teams struggle to score 100 points. So when you score 50 with one person, all you got to do with the rest of the guys, just be average. And they were right there. Like, all he needed was, like, just one other person. He didn't even need two other people. He just needed one. You know, maybe if Andrew doesn't get into the foul trouble. Because, I mean, honestly, I don't really have anything negative to say about Andrew. He's been, for the most part, solid this season. He's their second-best player, in my opinion. Um and like you almost need more from Andrew if I'm saying that because like I don't know when when Clay and Poole are gonna decide to play consistently. Um right. but now do you worry that like if Andrew is called upon to do more that he'll struggle? Because some people are saying that like, you know, when he had to do more in 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 Minnesota, you know, then that's when he wasn't as good. But I just I think Andrew's a better player now. I do think it's a better player now, but there is a limit to, I think, what you can ask of him. He's already carrying essentially the entire perimeter defense on his shoulders, you know, um, and asking him to like, yo, we're going to need you to add about five to six more points per game to your to your total as well. And you're probably top three in minutes per game for us already. I mean, maybe he can do it every other game. Um but it's just like, come on, like, we just extended you, Jordan, for almost $10 million more than what Andrew's making. Clay, next year you're going to make $40 mil. Can we just at least be average level two guards, please? Those <laughs> I you know, I've been catching a lot of heat on the timeline, but, you know, I just, like, they just got to be better. Like, you know. Yeah. You, you you're paying them a certain amount of money 
and like people bringing up Clay's injuries and they're bringing up this like Clay's supposed to be better this year. This is his second year back from injury. He's supposed to be better. I don't know that mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like a tr- big substantial improvement, but I expected it to, it to be kind of like more consistent, right? And he's worse than he was last year. Um, and I, like I don't, I don't know how much to factor in. I understand that he basically didn't like have an off season where he where he did a lot. But at some point, you know, because like, like, I don't think most of us were factoring that in or that it was going to have this kind of effect on him, right? Like, this is his second season back from injury. That's when usually players look a little better, right? And you get a sense of who they are. So that's what I'm scared of. Like, is this who Clay Thompson is? Like, I know his shots will eventually fall, but I just. I don't know. It's starting to make me nervous, Justin. And I understand. Um, and I do think that at the end of the day, shots falling and not falling for him does make or break his game at this point. Yes. And it's kind of always has, you know what I mean? But he's, for the majority of his career, been, you know, second greatest, one of the greatest shooters of all time. So it kind of makes up for for shot selection or stuff like that. So when his shot does start to fall, I do think it'll make a drastic difference in his value. Um, but I do think he already does have some inherent value, just his gravity on the court and stuff like that. So I'm worried about Clay, but I'm not too worried about Clay. I'm more worried about Clay and Jordan from the sense that there's there's not enough structure around them to put them in the best position to not necessarily succeed, but to have their flaws covered up, right? Last year, we saw Clay's not the same defender he once was, so you have other guys to make up for that. Um, you just have more reliable players. You have front court players that can actually stretch the floor and create more opportunities for Jordan to get to the basket. Stuff like that. Little things like that go, go a long way, right? Um and I don't think, even though both of them are struggling individually and they can individually do things to make themselves play better, I think everything going on around them is not doing them any favors. Um, so they're just going to have to get it out the mud at this point. Like, he's going to have to get themselves out of the rut pretty much in spite of non-ideal conditions, right? And, you know, that's just what it is. But y'all getting paid to do it, so you have to do it. yes and what is what is what is pool's deal because he's playing with the bench this is why he's struggling so much what is it um i'm not sure i'm really not too sure he obviously started out the game and played amazing but i mean everyone knows like you play better you're next to Steph. you're going to play better like that's not really like a oh he's he's great with the starters it's like uh as long as he's on the court with Steph, he's probably going to start doing stuff like that. You know, like he's going to get a lot more openings and stuff like that. So, and then you, you're getting, like we just said, you're getting paid all the money that they just, that they just uh, extended you for. You can't just be like, oh, I'm only good in certain lineups. Like, that's it. You're a near max player. You have to be good regardless. You have to be good, you know, like, but you know I just what don't understand why. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just don't understand why he doesn't shoot in the second unit. Like he just his shots, his shot attempts just drastically go down. I understand he gets more attention. They want him to be a playmaker, though. Like, like, do you think there's some messaging to him to focus more on playmaking than scoring? I wouldn't say that, just because they took Wiseman out of rotation. Like initially, they had him and Wiseman run that pick and roll, and I think. At that point, he was like, okay, let me be a playmaker and get Wiseman involved. The, mem- the moment they took Wiseman out of rotation and they're like, oh, we're playing traditional Warriors ball. Everybody touches it. We're moving the ball around. It should be, okay, go mode. Like, I'm scoring. Especially with Dante back. Everyone's saying, like, Dante's setting the table for Jordan. He's, like, going to be taking on the ball hand responsibilities so Jordan can focus on scoring. But he's not shooting. So it's like, what are you doing then, right? Um. And this, I think this is a this is a, a roadblock I think a lot of young guards face when they're coming up in the league and then getting into stardom where they start getting more defensive attention than they used to get. And he has to adjust to it. I thought he was adjusting to it in the playoffs last year and it was going to help him in the regular season this year, but maybe he still needs to learn um, how to navigate that. So, you know, I was thinking about this earlier because, because, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk around, you know, maybe Jordan should start. <sighs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry for yawning. Y'all, we're on the East Coast, so it's it's like after one in the morning here for us. But, <laughs> um, you know, like, honestly, like, it's not even to me an issue with, like, Jordan starting because, like, I actually think they would be fine if he started or Clay started. We know he can't close, though. We know he can't close because his defense isn't there yet. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about this, like, how you were like, you can't just play in some units and not. But I'm like, I think Clay would struggle if he had to just be in the second unit and they and they they switch roles too, right? So it's just like... Like, yeah, Jordan might thrive. And maybe, I don't, like, it's hard to say because, like, the starting five, we know is, like, the, well, who knows after tonight. But for the most part, they were, like, the best, you know, starting five or had the best net rating, right, in the league. But I don't know how that changes or if it changes or what that looks like if it's, like, Jordan starting. But I'm, like, Clay would also really struggle if he had to go to the second unit Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, because he's struggling so much right now in the first unit is the extra bump you might get with Jordan playing in the first unit worth it. Maybe would you get like some bigger leads? Maybe. I don't know. I really have not been like an advocate for Jordan starting, but I was just kind of thinking about this more today. And I was just like, Maybe, you know, I just don't know like what the answer is. Yeah, it's it's tough at this point, but at the same time, you can look at it from the standpoint of like, okay, if Jordan is with the starters and the starters don't miss a beat with Jordan there, then the benefit could potentially be limiting Clay's minutes a little bit more um, and just having him you know, in his minutes, try to figure it out, whatever whatever the case may be. But I think if Clay's just going to be bad, then 20 minutes of Clay a night is better than 30 minutes of Clay a night. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess seriously. Uh, and this is, it comes back to like, why the fuck isn't Moody getting more minutes? Like if you're two rel- supposed to be relied upon and guards are not playing well, why not just give the young guy a chance to see if he could just give you something you know, and he might even light a fire under them. Like, yo, this dude is—he's coming for our spots. Like, uh, it just is very confusing to me, especially with the Wiggins foul trouble today too. Like, Joku's out, Wiggins is in foul trouble. Poole and Clay are both terrible tonight. Moody essentially DNP until late in the third quarter. I don't get it. I don't get it. Hmm. We got to also just give a shout out to Loon, who's been really great this season so far, too. Just doing what yeah. he needs to do. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, today was kind of like a bad night for Dre. But for the most part, he, he's been solid, too. Um, but, yeah, Jordan's been inconsistent. Clay's been inconsistent. And those are their two main guys who have been really, really inconsistent. And I think it is really, really hurting the team. So, um, yeah, I think we need to talk about what they can possibly do to improve the team um, and get on the right track. Let's get into that in the next segment. So we'll be back soon, guys. Thanks. Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. And we're back. You're listening to Golden Spaces. It's Nat and Justin, and we've been talking about our doves <laughs> painfully. <laughs> My heart is hurting. I don't know how Justin's feeling. How are you feeling, Justin? Uh, annoyed, disappointed. Um, you know, after after so many losses, you kind of just like roll with the punches. Like, all right, maybe this is just like what it is for now. <laughs> and until something changes, don't get too high, too low about it. Are but, you prepared yeah. to write off this season, or do you think they can still turn it around? Having gone through twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, I think it's like all right. If it if you do have to write off the season, you've been through it before, so it's like all right, whatever. Um, you not be writing off a season. Well, when I'm saying write it off, I don't mean like us, but I mean like if we have to get to a point where we're writing off a season, when they just won a championship the year before, and right. the whole main core is healthy and Steph is playing like this, that would have to be like really written about and discussed because that is an all time failure. From top sure. to bottom, like I, I would, I've never would have never seen anything like this in sports history. Yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible. Um, it, it it takes catastrophic failure on multiple levels for something like that to happen, and that's what we're seeing right now. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a few guys in our core six that just haven't been playing well. Bench hasn't been playing well, and. I can't say the coaches have been like doing the best that they can do either, you know? So. Well, let's start with coaching. Do do you think that they should have 
gotten another a replacement for Brown. I mean, he focused a lot on their defense. But, like, isn't Ron Adams still in the org? So, like, that's why, I mean, I was just like, oh, Vogel's available. Go get him. That didn't seem to be something that they were interested in because I don't think we heard any talks about them replacing Brown. But I wasn't, like, still overly concerned about the defense because I'm like, well, Ron, as long as Ron Adams is still, like, in there, you know, um, mm-hmm. they'll have good defense. But... You know, because people think, like, the fall off in the defense is because Mike Brown left. But I'm just like, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I'm not sure how active Ron is with the defense at this point. Um, I know they had – I mean, they obviously had Mike, like, spearheading the defense. But Mike is so, like, energetic and, like, intense and passionate about it. And he's off the bench talking to them, telling them where they need to be. I want to say they got Kenny – doing the defense this year and Jama might be offense or like Jama is just like one of the lead assistants and Kenny, whatever. Um, but I think that does make a difference, you know, like just having an extra person on the bench that's always yelling you where to be and all that type of stuff. And then obviously personnel goes a long way. Last year's team was much more equipped to be the type of defensive team that they were than this year's team. Um, yeah, I think I think it matters. You would you would like for it to not matter as much as it has, considering that they're bringing so many people um, back. That you know, especially Draymond and Looney and, and and Wiggins, who have been great defensively, but you you would think everybody would just take their lead, you know, follow their lead, and you know, still carry it on. But it just hasn't been the case. Um, and I do think if Mike was still there, it would be probably a little bit different. Um, you know, you could just just buy his personality. Okay, so what do they need to do to turn this around? They have an empty roster spot. Is there anyone that they can just get with that? Like before we even talk trade, can they use mm-hmm. that roster spot and get anyone who will come in and help them right away? Uh, I'm not sure right now. I think they'll probably just wait on it um and i think they they probably should wait on it too just because you never know who's going to get bought out all that all that jazz so first things first the main guys got to play better like that's just the easiest fix that they have right there clay and jordan play better on both ends and it makes a noticeable drastic difference to the outcomes of the games Right. What would their record Secondly, be if you were getting like the normal, just uh, like because and, and you don't even need both of them to be like hot on like the same night. You right. just need like consistency that like one or both of them, one at least one of the two is gonna like perform well, and the other one will be like um, average at, at a minimum. Um, I mean if the. If we're talking about just offense, then I don't know how many more wins it adds. But as far as defensively, you can probably change the outcome of three games. You know what I mean? Like, but there's Detroit, a point between the offense and defense, right? Like when their offense is flowing and going, then it helps their defense, right? You, I think usually, or at least for historically with the Warriors, I feel like it's been the other way around, right? Where like the defense kind of leads to transition opportunities, and they can really start playing fast and call the turnovers and stuff like that. And then once the offense, like, everybody's, like, happy and then scoring and stuff like that, it, it fuels the defense even more. 
but it usually starts with defense and the defense has been essentially so bad or at least inconsistent to start the year that they, they just haven't been able to get a good rhythm. But, you know, it just seems like every other game, one or th- one or both of them is just off, right? Detroit, Jordan played well, right? If I remember, he he scored like 20-something points in, in one of the quarters. Uh, Orlando, Clay hit like seven threes, right? But they, they never are shooting well at the same time. And then you get nice like tonight with neither one of them. At one point, Orlando. <laughs> yeah, like they lost to, lost to Charlotte, Detroit, and Orlando. Like, that's just ridiculous. Charlotte with no LaMelo, and, too. Like, and some of those games, in fairness, like the, the bench, and like, I get it. It's a game of runs, so maybe those leads wouldn't have sustained anyway. But in a lot of those games, they had to come back and try to win the games, and that's when we were, like, forcing the Wiseman stuff a lot. So right. I don't know, like, how things would have looked if they didn't go through that exercise in the beginning, you know, for mm-hmm. a number of those games. But I think particularly for Clay is really who I'm thinking of because Poole has never really been a great defender, but he needs to become like a neutral defender. But um, with Clay, I think he needs to start seeing some of those shots go in for him to kind of like, get his mind right for the other parts of the game, which is why I'm saying right. like it it should be like, okay, we're amped off defense. So let's but I feel like until he starts seeing that shot go in and he's hitting them, I don't know. He doesn't seem to be able to right now lock into the other elements of what he needs to do. I agree. I agree on that. And you can see it in his body language. You can see in his demeanor um the fire for his defense is not the same as it used to be. And I think it's because of the offense not being there, right? Um, There would be some nights, even in his prime, where he didn't shoot the ball well, but he would always take pride in his defense and being able to shut somebody down. I think he knows he's not quite that level of defender. So a night like tonight where he's not getting, he's not hitting shots and Devin Booker's essentially cooking him the whole game it compounds. So now he's even worse on offense and he's pressing and he takes the two shots that he took in the second half that essentially made everybody go pull their hair out. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Those were two (laughs) possessions like we could have really gotten back in the fucking game. Yeah, and he was just like, I'm I'm taking it all myself right now. And Wiggins was wide open for one of them. It was just, yeah, I think it's just a mental thing. It's just a mental thing with Clay. He just got to get over this hurdle. And I think the only way he does it is if he doesn't actively try to get over the hurdle. Like, just let it come to you naturally. Um, I saw someone say, like, Steph and Dre should have a talk with them, right? They probably should. I don't know if they already have or not, but essentially they should just be like, bro, chill. We saw Draymond visibly get frustrated with them in the game and one possession just didn't even get back on defense because he was looking at Clay like, bro, why did you just shoot that? Um. So I think yeah, it's gonna take something. It yeah. like Dre, Clay, um, Dre. Wait, Dre, Clay, Steph, and Andre. Andre can get in there because he. But like, they need to have a little powwow <laughs> because, like, you know, they like obviously minus Dre. Everyone else can probably talk to Jordan, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, like the only people who ever able to talk to Clay are those guys. Right. Yeah, and they got to let him know. Like, bro, 
Yeah, I think they would. And, I mean, I think he knows. He's just... Then stop doing the shit! Like, what the hell? Like, I, and the yeah. thing is, you did it last season. It, and, you know, and then when people, when fans come on and defend him, it's like... Like, and I see people tweet, tweeting, keep shooting. No! Like, there is a point that you're really actively hurting the fucking team. Right, right. The bad ones, for sure. The good shots, you can't pass out the good shots just because that's when, you know, it really gets bad and you you affect the team because the other team knows that you're not going to take the shot, right? So take the open good ones in rhythm, eliminate the faders, the contested, heavily contested ones, all of that. Just take that shit out. You don't need it, right? Um, and I think he'll be fine if he does that. And then just focus on – Essentially, focus on defense first. Let the offense come to you. Focus on defense first, and that's how he can get out of his his little funk right now. Uh, yeah. So we said the main guys need to play better, and we're we're largely talking about Clay and Pool. So yeah, what is the answer for Pool? We need to get Mark Edwards on this show and be like, "What is going on with with Jordan?" Pool? Yeah, we we really need to figure <laughs> out what's going on, bro. <laughs> But he just needs to play his game, play the game that made him get that contract, right? Um, stop second-guessing yourself. And there was stuff that he was doing his second season and the a certain parts of last year as well before he really figured out, like, all right, guys probably can't stay in front of me if I give them one good move. You know, if that move doesn't work, I get off the ball and I can blend my off-ball stuff into that too like Steph does right Steph tries to move if it doesn't work he passes it and then he just runs around and gets it back like Jordan is essentially a lot of his play style is like Steph so just use that that type of you know dynamic to your game to your advantage like other than that his defense has been improved over the last few games so I'll, I'll give him I'll give him that he hasn't just been a, a super cone like he was at the beginning of the season he's still a cone but not that bad um so I give him I give him credit for his improved effort on defense, but on offense you you got to understand this team is a different team when you are aggressive. As we saw against the Spurs, it's a whole different dynamic when an other team has to deal with two Steph Curry's essentially, right? He's not Steph, but like we know we know what we mean when we say that um, high volume three point shooter that can also kill you on and off the ball, score from all three levels, and he doesn't miss free throws. That's incredibly difficult to deal with but when you're stifling yourself by not shooting the ball and doing all these hezzies and all that type of stuff that doesn't even create separation and it gets everybody else to just look at you and be out of rhythm that's when you're killing everything right you got to just get out of that just one move and go if the shot's there take it if it's not get off the ball and just keep moving around so we know they need to play better, and they both have the potential to play better. But how does the defense get better? Reinforcements. <laughs> Essentially, reinforcements, right? Um, well, for one, you got to play your better defenders more and play your, your your bad defenders less. So that might mean less minutes for Clay, and that might mean less minutes for Pool, unless they're bringing the offense that they're supposed to bring. Um, that might mean more minutes for Lamb. Um, and more minutes for Dante, more minutes for Kaminga. Um, and it's it's really unfortunate that Kaminga couldn't play today because it's another body that you could put on Devin Booker. Yeah, but, and I said that tonight. I said we really could have used Kaminga tonight. People were like, he wouldn't have helped. I'm like, I beg to differ. 
he would have helped. He would have helped. People don't give Kaminga his credit. Like, when he's used correctly, he's a really impactful player, right? People tried to say last year, oh, his his on-off was bad, or whatever the case may be. If you look at his net rating when he was on the court, he was a positive, right? It was a very slight positive. And in comparison to the team net rating, it was a negative. But his personal minutes, they were winning those minutes, right? They just weren't winning at the same rate as when he wasn't on the court. Um, and we've seen from the jump last year, he's a hell of a point of attack defender. He's a top 99 percentile athlete in the NBA. He's six seven, six eight, strong, long arms. And he gets to stay in front of people and he plays hard. So, like, that's another weapon you can use against other teams, especially teams with um, ball dominant scorers like Devin Booker, you know, or at least a guy like Campaign. Just be like, bro, just don't get, don't let Campaign score. Like, that's your role right now. Campaign is out here frying everybody. He sucks. Like, and he's frying us. Like, that. that's just the crazy thing to me. Like, even the guys that aren't good are cooking us. And that's just the, the most disappointing thing. He doesn't suck, but relative to, like, guys that should be scoring, there's no way you're giving up 15 points in a quarter to campaign. Like, come on. Like, that's that's just terrible to me. Who else was cooking us? Kevin Herter was cooking us in a pick and roll like he's fucking De'Aaron Fox. Like, that can't happen. That cannot happen. So, reinforcements. That can come in the form of a trade. Um... You know, there's a bunch of names being thrown out. Like, obviously, the Purtle. obvious, the, the main ones is Pirtle, Vanderbilt. Those are two big names that people want. I do think both of those would instantly make this team way better on defense, way better in terms of just a veteran presence and has playoff implications as well. Vanderbilt's a good all-around defender that you can put at the point of attack. He's also a good rebounder, um, just plays super hard. And Pirtle is one of the best rim protectors in the league. He's a good drop big. Uh, and he just fits the Warriors system, right? Who's the centerpiece for that trade? Wiseman, right? Yeah, salary-wise, it would have to be Wiseman. I think Kaminga's salary matches Vanderbilt, but I don't want to give Kaminga up in the trade. So I would just give Wiseman up and just see if they can absorb that extra $6 million in salary in Utah. Um, or potentially throw in one of the rookies uh, just to match even more salary. Uh, but Rollins, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Rollins don't really need anyone. I'm willing to start with. I, I, I think PBJ. I know, I know. We need to focus. He has on potential. That, he definitely has. I think he has potential. Yeah, I would. If I had to choose one, I would. I would pick PBJ. He has the size. Um, he just seems like more of a Warriors guy. Warriors guys are usually. He can shoot. He can do multiple things. He's a smart player, and he's a wing. So. Typically got to go with the wing over the um, guard in that sense. But, um, yeah, just got to bring somebody in. Like, even if it's somebody like Kimrick Williams from OKC that just plays hard, defends, uh, heard P.J. Washington's name used. Um, it just, I think it has to be a front court player, and it has to be somebody that defends. Uh, I'm not really sure how good the P.J. Washington is on defense, but they they need – something right um what the hell's going on with andre who knows thought he was supposed to come back to Cavs game yeah uh, so you already know how <laughs> about andre like <laughs> this is why i you know like i i love him to be there for purposes of like basically being another coach and that veteran voice 
I just prefer like pay him a salary to do that. And like, that's not on the roster and get an able body. Cause like, what were they going to do if he said no? Right. Cause it was his choice. They would have had to have gotten someone like, who were they going to get? I just, whatever. We don't have the answers now and I am tired and I want to go to my bed. So <laughs> our next yeah. game is our next game. Don't y'all love how we talk like we're on the team. The next game is versus the Knicks. That's on Friday. Short turnaround. But let's see. We should try to see if we can get someone on for the next episode. That might be hard because it's the late game. But we'll see. Because we need to get some answers. We need to get some answers about what the Warriors will potentially be doing. So I don't know. Any final thoughts, Justin? Steph is a top five player of all time. It's pretty obvious. It's it's sad that this is going how it's going. Hopefully they can turn it around because it should be they a can legitimately season for him. It should, it, it should be an easy MVP for him. He's the best player on the planet. It, it, it's just sad. It's just sad. Effortless, pretty much effortless 50 tonight in a loss. Um, yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves. That's really all I got I'm to so say. I'm so annoyed. Like, I, I don't – this is not what I wanted the first episode of Golden Spaces to be like. I get it that you guys aren't new to me and Justin. We've recorded before under all that. But, like, I wanted this to be happiness. And, like, yes, all right, things are turning around. We're on the right track. And that's not what it is. So, <sighs> We'll see. Maybe next game will be more promising. But like I said, Justin and I are going to try to get you some answers for the next episode. We're just reacting right now to what we saw tonight. So (laughs) thanks for tuning in. I wanted to turn the game off. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. I wasn't even in the mood. (laughs) Listen, guys, thanks for tuning in with us for this first episode. We hope you enjoyed more to come. Um, take care until next time. Again, make sure you subscribe. Golden Spaces Pod available on any um, podcast platform and follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, Golden Spaces. All right. Take care. <laughs>